It's such a 90s opening. <laughs> Just this little duck It's very, very, very much ooh, adventure, but like peace. <laughs> Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where it is definitely not a tumor. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 1990s classic. I don't have to say they're all classics, yeah, do we, I? Yeah, we are kind of saying that they're all classics, but... They're classics in our minds. Classic, cl- Carrie and Ross classics here. The Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle, Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, you gotta give it up for this movie, folks. I, I if, if you've seen it, if you know it from childhood, you probably it probably holds a special place in your heart. And I wanted to get Schwarzenegger out of the way, so. (laughs) Just a reminder, guys, get thee to Twitter and follow our show's new Twitter account, Kick In Stream. Like Kick? N. N. Stream. Stream. Exactly. On the Twitter. Yes. That's our at. Yes. As our mother calls it, the Twitter. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Check us out on Podbean, you know, like, you know, see see where we're going over there. Now, more than ever, to be a teacher requires patience, kindness, and understanding. Fortunately, Astoria Elementary has just hired such an individual. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten is like the ocean. You don't want to turn your back on it. Don't worry. Everything is under control. He's an undercover detective. I assume you have some teaching experience. They wouldn't have sent me otherwise. Assigned to find a mother and son. Did Danny ever say what Crisp's wife looked like? Before a killer does. First, I would like to just get to know you. (laughs) A male kindergarten teacher. That's unusual. He's been trained to shoot. What made you become a kindergarten teacher? He's been trained to fight. But there are some things... You mean you eat other people's lunches? Stop it! He's never been trained to handle. They're walking all over me. Listen, Kimball, you gotta handle this like any other police situation. You're going to be my deputy trainees. You're not gonna have your mommies run behind you anymore and wipe your little douches. You are mine now. I'm not a policeman. I'm a princess. Arnold Schwarzenegger. You hit the kid, I hit you. (laughs) Wow. In an Ivan Reitman film. Are you married, Mr. Kimball? No, I'm not. He's not married, Mom! Welcome to Astoria, the single parent capital of America. You got a little mustache. Must be from the milk. (laughs) Kindergarten Cop. I was shocked, shocked, I tell you, yes, to learn that this was the eighth highest grossing movie of 1990. Really? Yes. The eighth, huh? The eighth. Made the top ten. Yeah. <laughs> God bless. Arnold Schwarzenegger actually had two titles on the top ten that year, this movie and Total Recall. Arnold, what are you doing? <laughs> it, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as Detective John Kimball mm-hmm. and Pamela Reed as Phoebe O'Hara. And it's, I think this film was very well-timed in his career because at the time he was like the picture of male masculinity mm-hmm. in America. It was him and Stallone, man. They had like a lock on it. Mm-hmm. And then you have this ridiculous movie where this gigantic human is going to teach kindergarten. It's, thank you, Hollywood. Thank you for sitting around the table, putting in the minimal effort and thinking of the plots. Like you, you're really, you're really the ones, you're the ones that do it. <laughs> Uh, but hey, cute for 1990, am I right? The weirdest piece of trivia I came across while doing research for this is that the school where this film was shot, it was shot mostly in Astoria. Goonies, Goonies, Goonies. Yes! <laughs> yes, Astoria, Oregon is where the Goonies takes place. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned that the school where this was filmed was actually used as a reference point in designing the school in the movie Silent Hill. 
No. Yes. No. Yes. That's so, that's so specific. And weird, right? weird, yeah. When you watch Silent Hill or you play the video game, you don't think, yeah, I don't think of the school from Kindergarten Cop. No, exactly. (laughs) Okay, you want to dive in? Let's dive in. School's in session. Oh, boy. This movie opens in, I swear to God, the mall from Stranger Things. Right? The mood is tense at the opening. Like, yeah, yeah, there's something going on. <laughs> if if I didn't see Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, immediately, I would think I was in the wrong theater. You're like, well, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a nice family film. Nope. Nope. We're it, tense. Yep. We're tense right from the get-go. We're in the middle of a drug sting. Mm-hmm. Detective John Kimball is tailing a discount Mickey Rourke. <laughs> through the shopping mall. <laughs> he's a thug with a ponytail, and he's totally not suspicious at all. Yeah, I'm sorry. You, we could pick... Kimball is an undercover cop, and he is, like, archetypal deep cover. He's unshaven, in a trench coat, and sunglasses. Like, you see that guy, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's a cop. Like, how could you be walking through the mall and not notice this huge dude who looks like he's on a mission? He's burly. I'm, he's coming. I'm telling you, he's not going to build a bear Kimball is tailing... Drug kingpin Cullen Crisp. Mm. So Mr. Crisp, what's he doing? He's walking through the mall, trying not to look sus. <laughs> Kimball loses him after he like goes into he goes behind this door that leads to the back of the mall, like where all the employees move around. Shelly back doors, they don't know how to go through. While he's looking for the ponytail, he Crisp meets an informant who has valuable information. He knows where Crisp's estranged wife has been hiding from him. Where are they? At the school where I saw him. Astoria Elementary School. Danny tells Crisp that she's been hiding out in Astoria, Oregon. Rather than pay for this valuable intel, Crisp puts two bullets in his informant's chest with his terrified girlfriend listening on. Sorry, I'm just thinking about... She's so upset. She is upset (laughs) and probably stoned out of her mind. Yeah, probably. How freaked out would you be? Oh, the person who brought me just got killed. (laughs) And here I am. Kimball hears her scream and happens upon the scene. And he's like, was this crisp? What did he do? Ah, 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 ah." He's already at 100. Mm -hmm. And when she won't give him any answers, he handcuffs her to her boyfriend's dead body. He does. That is zero fucks. Kimball is a loose cannon. He really is. He's not playing by the rules. Crisp slips away and we meet his mother, who I will be referring to throughout this recording as Cruella DeVille. She has a name. It's more fun to call her Cruella DeVille because she's an actual monster and she's got that white streak in her hair. Yeah. Yeah. Right at the front. That's right. I forget about the mom. Yeah. She's at a hair appointment at the mall (laughs) and like her son just- That's right. Her son just slips away from her hair appointment to go commit a homicide and he reports back like, okay, mom, I got the info. I know where they're hiding. And mom's the one running the business. She really is. (laughs) And you know that we're not going to like her from the moment we see her because she swivels around in that stylist chair and she's already telling the stylist, I don't like what you did. I just hate it. She's one of those people that you just know snaps at waitstaff. She wants to know where her grandson is. She's pissed. Yeah, because we know that the estranged wife has taken the kid and run off. He wants that. He wants that kid. I almost said those kids because I love that the kid is played by two different kids. Yes. Played by twin brothers. We'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. And Kimball just busts into this hair salon. There's civilians and employees everywhere. And he's just like, all right, this is a arrest. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. That got me. No. <laughs> Your, your Schwarzenegger impression got me. My incredibly bad Schwarzenegger it impression. broke me. It's all right. I'm a police officer. Crisp, you're under arrest. Put your hands on your head, slowly. And get up. Kimball, not again. Your hands. They're up. When are you going to leave me alone? We cut to the precinct. Detective Phoebe O'Hara is trying to convince this girlfriend to pick Crisp out of a lineup. Right. No. Come on, Cindy, I'll even cook you dinner. What do you say? I'm not doing any lineup. That's what I say. And there's jack shit you can do about it. Now let me out of here. I've been off to Chris for four years and she's going to let my key witness walk right out of here. I'm going to... Kimball, sit down. Kimball really is... Like I said, he's archetypal deep cover. Mm-hmm. He's been obsessing about this case. Yeah. Because they got to get Crisp. He's a dangerous dude. And Crisp doesn't leave living witnesses. So it's been very hard to make a case against him. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's so determined to to pinch him. I love how O'Hara just does not abide his lone wolf routine. 
Right. Yeah. She's not buying it. No. The chief formally introduces them and tells Kimball that they're going to be partners on this case. (laughs) This guy. Uh, No. No. This guy. Both of us. And he's like, I work alone. (laughs) Meet Kimball. Kimball's been on this a long time. Oh, hi. Let me take care of Cindy. She'll make Chris pick her indeed. Well, what are you going to do? Handcuff her to the bumper of your car and take her for a ride? Let's just say I'm not going to offer to cook her dinner. The sass. She's so. Uh, she's my favorite character. She, in some ways, she makes parts of this movie. She's she's my favorite character. There is not a scene where she's not eating something because she's hypoglycemic. Yeah. <laughs> so Kimball takes off. He's gonna go find this witness and intimidate her into picking Crisp out of a lineup. And again, the tone in this movie shifts so fast shortly after this scene. Yeah. Because right now it's a gritty cop drama. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And we go to, from that, we go to a kindergarten class. God. But I think, that's why I think these scenes are important. Because the contrast just makes that all the more hilarious. And the kids are great. Yeah. He shows up at this loft where it looks like you could just get tetanus from breathing the air. Yeah. It's full of junkies who clear out pretty quick because Kimball has this huge sawed-off shotgun on him. (laughs) All right, party's over. Everyone go home. (laughs) Next time, my place. So who are you, man? Shit! I'm the party pooper. That's why he's an actual loose cannon. He's firing on civilians. Yeah. That guy's sitting on the couch. He's like, what are you going to do about it? And he just, boom, blows a hole in that couch. (laughs) Gavin and I were watching it together. And he goes, isn't the shotgun a little much? I'm like, yeah, Yeah. but you can't put a tiny gun in a big man's hand. You you really can't. It just doesn't look as good. It's not going to look good. The way he's firing that thing indiscriminately, like, what the fuck? You're a cop. Yeah, he's like, I'm I'm not fucking around. But this is why you can't be undercover too long, because you actually kind of start- You become the anti-hero. Yeah, you forget who you are a little bit, (laughs) which that's a theme that'll come back later. Mm -hmm. Kimball tells the girlfriend that he's basically going to be her shadow until she agrees to finger Crisp for murder. And that's some pretty strong motivation because it's hard to do drugs when a cop is like hanging around you all the time. <laughs> do you mind? I'm trying to do drugs. Yeah, that's my favorite line from American Psycho. We cut to the lineup. The outfit that they have crisp in for the lineup, I can't. Does he think he's Scarface or something? He's ridiculous. I detest every moment I have to look at that face. I know. I don't like his face. <laughs> so of course she picks out the right guy. Yeah. And they arraign Crisp, and because they have a living witness, they can hold him without bail until the trial date. Yeah. When they're taking him back to the cell, Kimball just decides he's going to violate due process and, like, push him into a room and interrogate him without his lawyer. Loose cannon. Loose cannon. This is where we learn that Crisp's wife ran off with about $3 million in drug money, in addition to his kid. So the cops are after the drug money. He's after the kid. Kimball, you've wasted years chasing after me, and what has it gotten you? Hmm? Nothing. I'll be out of here in a week, and you'll still be eating takeout food in that dump you live in. Yeah, I know all about you, Kimball. Without me, you wouldn't even have a life. And he's right! Yeah. Because Kimball eats, sleeps, and breathes this case. It's why he hasn't bathed or showered for weeks. He's a little dirty. (laughs) Yeah. He is a little little musty. Cut back to the precinct. Mm. O'Hara is eating a sandwich out of a machine. There she go. She did. She did buy that sandwich out of a machine, and I'm girl. (laughs) I'm like, girl. Which in my book means she deserves everything that's coming to her over the next few scenes. It's just a cheese sandwich. This is where the chief interrupts and tells them that they're going to be on the next plane to Oregon. Go! (laughs) They've designed an undercover operation in which Phoebe is going to go in and pose as a kindergarten teacher. Yes. And John will be her husband. It's her job to find the kid. It's his job to find the mom. Mm -hmm. And I like that because the premise of this movie is so ridiculous. Yeah. So they at least had the common decency to write themselves around this. Yes. She was originally supposed to be the kindergarten teacher, Mm -hmm. but she's eaten that sandwich that she got out of a machine, which I get it. Cops are busy. It's hard to go out and get something to eat. So you're going to eat out of the vending machine. (laughs) Sandwiches. That's a hostile work environment lawsuit right there. (laughs) 
They're going over the case file on the plane, and this is where we learn that Kimball has no patience for children. Yeah. There's two little there's two little whippersnappers in the seats behind him, and they're like kicking the seats and playing with trucks on the back of the seats. That's the real oil and water, folks. <laughs> he turns around and looks at that kid. Stop it. No, please. No. Let me take a look. No. Hey, come here. If you don't stop screwing around back there, this is what I'm gonna do with you. And the look on that kid's face. Yes, it's priceless. I love that shit. He shook. Yeah. <laughs> we don't hear a peep out of those kids for the rest of the scene. Good. I have a good noodle star for you. Uh-huh. If you can tell me who is playing the flight attendant. No, I know this. I'll give you a hint. She is from an anthology series that we both love. Angela Bassett. Yes! Good job! Yes, yes. And it's so crazy. I saw her face for like half a second in profile and i was like is that angela bassett yeah and you're just like holy shit this is pre rosa parks angela bassett you know what it is it's the cheekbones yeah i know yeah they're very pronounced yeah she's got those actual maleficent cheekbones and she is drop dead gorgeous did you know carrie ann let's play a game okay. how old is angela bassett do you know how old angela bassett is i would guess adding a few years for how good she looks i would say 55 you're close yeah The woman is 60. Oh my God. Look at her. She's in that same club with Meryl Streep, Jennifer Aniston, whatever they're rubbing on their skin, it's working. (laughs) From Portland, where they land, to Astoria, O'Hara throws up no less than three times. She spends half of this assignment fucking sick. I love it when she's like throwing up on the side of the road and he literally picks her up under one arm and carries her back to the car. Yeah, yeah. She's laying in the back seat. Being miserable, (laughs) sweating like a pig because she's feverish. She's obviously got a parasite or a stomach bug from that sandwich she ate. And while that's happening, John is telling her about his life, kind of. As as much as John can. He's not a sharer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You men men in your feelings. I have a son. He's 13. I remember when he was five. He lives with his mother and stepfather. What crawls out of his bag and scares O'Hara half to death? <gasps> it's a ferret. I knew you'd love that, though. Ferrets are like your favorite domesticated pet. Listen, guys, they said I'd, I said I never thought I'd be an animal person, but getting to work at this clinic, man. How can you just look a ferret in the face and think nothing but just goodness like look at that little boy look at oh my goodness what we're getting to here is that o'hara is going to be too sick to go undercover so john is going to have to go in her place jesus i just love how that next morning she's like laying in bed like i'm gonna make it i'm gonna be okay no you're not i can totally go no you're not (laughs) o'hara Kimball is ready for his first day he's clean shaven he's wearing this green corduroy suit jacket Mm. Old bastards are gonna eat you alive. Get some rest and don't worry. I've been working undercover for a long time. Those six-year-olds, how much trouble can they be? On second thought, take the gun. On second thought, take the gun. (laughs) Yes, yeah. (laughs) You know, to use on the children. Yes. We meet the principal at the school, Miss Schlowski. Where should we recognize her voice from? Grandmother Willow from Pocahontas. Yes. She's also some big bad bitch on NCISLA. I'm not quite sure what that's about. Which is hilarious because she's like, what, four foot nine? She's in on the undercover bit, but she's nervous about the fact that a T850 is going to be teaching her kindergarten class. Linda Hunt looks like... A live action Edna mode. I'm she so- does. I'm sorry. If you put a pair of chunky glasses on her mm-hmm. and like a bowl cut black wig. Yeah. Edna mode. I'm watching you. All I have to do is tell my parents that you're here for something to do with the police. And they'll yank their kids out of this school so fast we'd have to close the place. And don't you think I won't if I feel my children are in any danger. She's like the Roz of this movie. I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching. That's me. Don't let it happen again. We see them walking down the hall together, and they look hilarious standing next to each other. so comical. (laughs) She is is a tiny woman, and he is this 
tree of a man. I honestly think it sets you up for how big he's going to look in comparison to the actual kids. She goes in to prep the kids to meet John, and he's out in the hallway. He's, like, actually trying to psych himself up. I think he's actually scared. Yeah, he's, like, nervous. I'm nervous. I love the camera pan when he first comes in, and just, it's, (laughs) the camera pans up from the kids as they, like, look up. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Like the side of a mountain. Yeah. So John's first act as kindergarten teacher is to interrogate the six-year-olds. I mean... I honestly hate that law enforcement has sanctioned this. That he's in These kids are... So what? This class of kids just gets to miss out on a legitimate kindergarten experience? Again, originally, Phoebe was supposed to be the teacher. Yeah. And we kind of glossed over this, but Phoebe actually used to be a teacher. Mm. So she actually does know how to handle these kids, but she can't open her mouth long enough without throwing up. So hence why John is there. They they auditioned like 2,000 kids for this. You're kidding. No. 2,000 kids. I think that's how they got the cream of the crop here. These kids are undeniably hilarious. Yeah, they are. Who's your favorite kid? I mean, I mean, I don't want to go with the obvious answer, but like... Miko Hughes? Yeah. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. Where might we recognize Miko Hughes from? Pet Cemetery. He's in Pet Cemetery as a wee yeah, he's baby like, Seamus. Like, he, he is little. He's like three years old. And then he had guest roles on Full House as Michelle's little first grade buddy. If I say the name Odette Yustman, do you know who that is? I don't know who Odette Yustman is. She was in Cloverfield. She's on Supergirl right now. And hmm. um, she was on House that last season. The tall, gorgeous brunette. Is she the one in Cloverfield? That they're looking for? Yeah. Yes. Okay. She's in this movie. Odette Youfsman. She's a wee thing. She's the one with the pigtails. <gasps> is she really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. She's the one that speaks Spanish. This is all brought to a screeching halt because some little girl needs to go to the bathroom and she can't get her overalls undone. Yeah. And John is for sure the last person who should be helping her. Yeah, yeah. So he has to go out into the hallway and pull Joyce Palmieri out of her classroom. Joyce Palmieri. Played by who again? Penelope Ann Miller. I think she teaches like second or third grade. Yeah. And she's just like, all right, you helpless brute. I'll help you out. And she's taking the little girl by the hand and leading her to the bathroom. And she looks at him and goes, you know, kindergarten is like the ocean. You don't want to turn your back on it. And he's like, oh no, it's fine. (laughs) He turns around, pandemonium has broken out in the classroom. He left them alone for five seconds. He did. Virtually. They're like getting out all the baking supplies and dumping the flour all over the floor. Two boys are like painting red blotches on the blackboard. Kids are throwing toys, screaming. It's a hell. We get what you all thought of us. And, and they start sniffling, and he goes, no, no, don't do this. And then, with, and then with the tears. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 please don't do this. And they're all sobbing, so he has to run out to the car and get his cat snake out of the truck. He had a mini breakdown there for a second. <laughs> what, does, he, does, the, does the ferret have a name? I'm just calling him Cat Snake. Gets Cat Snake. <laughs> brings Cat Snake back inside. Kit, it's fixed. The next day at drop-off, John is the object of all of the single moms' mm-hmm. ab- affections. Yeah. The cats are out. Yeah. <laughs> That's they're, all I can say. They're standing there on the sidewalk being like, oh, male kindergarten teacher, he must be gay. He must be gay. Uh-huh. And then one of the kids is like, there he is, mom. And they all turn. He does look good. He does. In that red polo mm-hmm. and the khakis mm-hmm. with his arms bulging out. Yeah. Kathy Moriarty is here. In a rare role for her, concerned mother. Who's Kathy Moriarty, Ross? Kerrigan. From Casper? From Casper. She's the one who's always like, Dibs! Dibs! Get over here! She's the one... Get bo- over here! She's the one bossing Eric Idle around for the whole movie. Her son's been acting out, and she wants to check in with the teacher and make sure everything's fine. She's really a non-character. She's just like the first of a series of red herrings we get. Yeah. Because here's the thing. 
The movie tries to make it seem like it's not obvious who the right mom and kid are. Yeah. So they send us down these false leads for like 20 minutes, but it's obvious Mm -hmm. who the mom and the kid are. Yeah. (laughs) Second day of class, he's interrogating them some more. Is he going to bother to teach them anything? No. No? No. (laughs) He's here to take info. This is recon. Like... Are we going to learn colors today? Or shapes? No, we're going to talk about what our daddies do for a living. (laughs) This is where that famous line happens. What's the matter? I have a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. I love that kid. He's the one at the beginning who was like, you know we're all going to die, right? Lowell is his name. (laughs) Yes. Lowell is that child's name. Lowell is not very well adjusted. <laughs> when they're standing, when all the kids get up and they're explaining what their dads are doing, which kid's explanation for what their dad does is your favorite? There's so many great ones. There, there are good ones. I don't know. What's your favorite? My favorite is the twins who in perfect synchronization go, our mom says our dad's a real sex machine. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't I don't want to just agree with you, but like... Well, Lowell also gets up there and he goes, Yeah, my dad's divorced and now he lives in New York and drives a taxi. My mom says she hopes he's going to die real soon. Like, God! They're really setting these up. And these kids are doing a great job. And credit where credit is due, if if you haven't seen like a thousand movies before, it's hard to tell which kid might be crisps kid yeah because a lot of them seem to have absentee fathers kimball's really interested in zach sullivan who is this sullen withdrawn kid he won't play with the other kids he doesn't want to answer any of john's questions come on zach let's all play together it's so much more fun leave me alone what's that and john wants to probe further But what happens, Ross? Oh, yeah. They do the fire drill. Yeah. (laughs) Again, more chaos. Yes. Like John's picking kids up by the belt and dragging them outside. They don't test very well. No. (laughs) Because it's a drill. So, like, the principal's, like, timing how long it takes each grade to get outside. And everyone is very nice and pristine lined up. And here comes John with his class. Hurricane kindergarten blows outside. These kids are just screaming and running on to hold on to the lawn. And Linda Hunt's just standing there, watching them all run amok. She's disappointed. She is. John thinks that Zach might be the kid that he's looking for. So he keeps trying to get his mom's attention during pickup. Kathy Moriarty. No, that's not her. his mother. Really? Zach and his family is actually the second red herring that we get. Her kid is Sylvester, the kid that, like, tries to look up girls' dresses. Yes. The pervert. Yes. Yes. The little pervert. (laughs) Yes. They go out to a restaurant that night, him and Phoebe, because she's over her stomach flu by this point, by the second day, but she can't replace him because she says it'll blow their cover. Yeah. Good for you, Phoebe. Great. At the restaurant they go to, they meet Joyce. And her son, Dominic, Uh who is also in John's class. And in order to maintain cover, Phoebe puts on this fake Austrian accent. (laughs) Become another person. Become another person. I am his sister. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. I would never have guessed. Oh, yeah. Well, sometimes you have to excuse my brother. He has no manners at all. My name is Ursula. It's wonderful to meet you. I'm visiting here from Austria. I'm Joyce Palmieri. I work at John's school. Ah, this kid, Dominic, was played by a set of twins, Christopher and Joseph Cousins, I think, whose only other main claim to fame was Critters 3. Yeah. And I don't even know if you could call that fame. I don't think so. I love how he turns to Joyce and goes, it's him, Mom. Like, with a big grin on his face? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's dad shopping. Yeah, he is. <laughs> O'Hara's really enjoying doing that accent. <laughs> she's reading the menu, and she's like, oh, wait, wait. And, and the cherry cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> She's starving. Yes. She probably hasn't eaten in three days. She's thrown up her entire stomach contents. At dinner, John tells Joyce that the reason he wanted to be a teacher, quote unquote. I got tired of teaching teenagers because by the time they came to me, I felt there wasn't much I could do with them. I realized that the real action is in kindergarten. How long have you been teaching kindergarten? It's my second day. Oh. <laughs> But it doesn't matter because it's all bullshit anyway. But it sh- he's got her on a hook. She's like leaning on her hand. Yeah, but it's all a lie. And I I'm know. Like, he's doing a really good job and you're just like, ugh. O'Hara's just watching them eye fuck each other through the whole meal. She's having too much fun with this. <laughs> After dinner, she's like, I think you scored. <laughs> 
He's like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? The only reason why I'm interested in this woman is because she works at the school. She knows the children and the parents. Kimball, if you were any stiffer, we could take you surfing. Gross! <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. O'Hara. Eat a sandwich. Calm down. He deflects from that whole topic by whining about the fact that these kids are walking all over him. You should be cleaning up the paint. You should be reading stories about bears that go shopping. That is your job, and I'm stuck with it. Yeah, you are. That's right, I am. Listen, Kimball, you gotta handle this like any other police situation. You walk into it showing fear, you're dead. And those kids know you're scared. They can be ruthless, can't they? The little bastards. Yep, we were those little bastards. We were those little bastards. So that, so the next day, John decides he's going to take the full metal jacket approach. He's got like a whistle and he's yelling at them like he's a drill sergeant. It's the only way he knows how. Exactly. He's going to treat them like little junior policemen. Yeah. Which th this, the tone of this montage, I, I kind of like it and I kind of don't. Because on the one hand, I feel like the message is, if you treat children like cattle, they'll obey. And I don't like that. Yeah. But... The whole day, they're, like, exercising outside. They're running fire drills so that they can improve on their times. Mm -hmm. Like, they are helping each other because the kids are becoming more manageable. And he's getting a little softer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great montage. Yeah. And this is kind of like what I was saying before. Like, when you go deep cover, sometimes you forget who you are. Come on, not a parson. <laughs> he whips this whole class into shape in, like, a single day. Yeah. Yeah, they're here very long they're here less than a week yeah and like inside of three days he's got this kindergarten class eating out of his hand whipped into shape when i say jump say how high the when they're doing the marching and they do all the call outs they are adorable no reading writing arithmetic too much homework makes me sick when it's time to pass the test Kindergarten is the best. Yay! It's time for story time, and Dominic gives him a little tip. He's like, read this book. Everybody will go right to sleep. <laughs> and like I said before, these kids are about the age that his son was the last time he saw them. And he gets that book in his hand, and it's a book he used to read to his son. It is, isn't it? Yeah, he's going to go through some things in these next few minutes. <laughs> Because the kids are asking him about his own kid, and he has to explain to them why he doesn't see his little boy. Yeah. And we get this really heartbreaking few lines where we see that a lot of these kids, they already know what divorce is. I think it's Kathy Moriarty in an earlier scene. She's like, Welcome to Astoria, the single parent capital of America. So all these kids either have absentee parents or they know what divorce is. And you have to remind yourself that Kids will find a way to blame themselves for anything. No, it's when their daddy doesn't want to see his little boy anymore. Well, that's not what it is. But don't you want to see your little boy? Was he bad? No, he wasn't bad. It wasn't his fault at all. He thinks that his dad isn't around because he was bad. Like, no, Dominic. That's awful. It is awful. That's so awful. He falls asleep at his desk because of all the other kids are asleep, too. Mm -hmm. And he has this horrible nightmare where he envisions Crisp coming to the window and, like, firing on the classroom. Yikes. He's roused from this horrible nightmare by Joyce, who's there to do what, Ross? Well, Penelope Ann Miller asks Arnold Schwarzenegger... Over for dinner. Gavin pointed out that she had to hand him a slip of paper with handwritten directions because she can't text him the address. I know. It's 1990. God. Oh, my God. There are, there are like, extras in the background, some of which are on phones. You should see the size of the phones. The phone's big. They yeah. are big. I also remember that detail. I was going to skip this next scene, but it's too funny. John comes home from school that day, and there's a strange vehicle outside their hotel room. And he walks in like a cop, gun drawn. He's suspicious, looking around every corner. He kicks open Phoebe's bedroom door. Freeze! And a naked man rolls off the bed out of sight. This is Henry Shoup, my fiancé. Hi. Your fiancé? I'm sorry, 
Phoebe is getting on my nerves. Like, why? She's treating this like a vacation. <laughs> I love her, and she's going to get badass before we know it. But at the same time, Phoebe, she has company. Her fiance, Henry. She has Henry and sandwiches, and like, stop taking naps. <laughs> this is serious. He like goes into the bathroom because he's naked as the day he was born. And when he reemerges, I swear to God, he's wearing the same pink frilly robe that Stan is wearing in the episode of The Golden Girls where he and Dorothy are sleeping together again. They are like the exact same robe. Does this scene just exist so that we feel bad that John's alone? I guess. Like, I don't understand the point of it. He's like... (laughs) Brings everything to a screeching halt. In the next scene, John tries again to speak to Zach's mother because he feels like this is the hot lead. Mm -hmm. And before he can ask any questions, she kind of jumps the gun. Uh, I know what this is about. I suppose you saw the bruises on Zach's legs. My husband has started counseling about this. He's been going for three weeks now. She asks him not to bring the school system into it. And I'm like, John, you're a cop. Undercover or not, you're a mandated reporter. Yeah. Her inaction really confused me as a kid. I couldn't even imagine such a concept of parents being violent towards their children. Our parents didn't beat up on us. Yeah, they didn't even use corporal punishment, like, even when we were bad. But I know better now. Both Zach and his mom are victims. Mm -hmm. And it's a really tough situation. And especially back in the 90s, there were very little resources. In 1990, it was still lawful to rape your wife. Because going in the 1990s lot, you can't you can't rape what is technically your own property. God in heaven, why? That that's disgusting to me. That in my lifetime, when I was alive, marital rape only just then became a crime. And he's just like, if he does it again, I'm pressing charges. <laughs> that was better. <laughs> that was good. That was an improvement. <laughs> so that's one mystery solved. Zach's not the kid they're looking for. This is not the kid you're looking for. These are not the kids you're looking for. Meanwhile, cut back to California in some market. Cindy, the the girlfriend, the witness, Mm -hmm. is buying drugs. Again. She takes off with the drugs and the dealer goes over to the corner and there's Cruella DeVille, Crisp's Crisp's mom. There's Mama Crisp. I like Mama Crisp. Mama Crisp is fish-lipped and really personate. Like, I just did some bad shit. Like... Who are you, old lady? Fairy godmother. It makes my ass leak. <laughs> like, fuck, lady. I'm way more scared of her than I am of Chris. I'm, I'm the hair. Yeah. The hair. O'Hara comes back. She's been out all day getting information on the kid. She's like, hey, I just found out that kid wasn't the right one. He's like, yeah, I know that already. <laughs> But she is trying really hard to get him laid. Like, she's like, you need to cut loose. You're a dense person. Get laid. Bed the teacher across the hall from you. <laughs> Quickest way to slip up doing undercover work is to start doing things that you normally wouldn't do. Wait a minute. Do you mean to tell me that you wouldn't take a bottle of wine to a woman who's invited you over for dinner? Of course you would. You know you would. And flowers as well. Here you go. When Kimball gets to Joyce's and Dominic's, Dominic takes him outside in the backyard to show him his little tree house. Mm -hmm. It's so cute. And he's like, I put up lasers to protect us from the bad people. And like Kimball's little detective ear pricks up like, oh, bad people. You know, some bad people, Dominic. He's put them in the trees and he's put them up on the comm tower that's nearby their house. Uh-huh. After dinner, Joyce and Kimball are having coffee and we kind of get her version of the truth with what's going on with her and Dominic and their family unit. Mm-hmm. She sticks to the story at first that his father lives in France, mm-hmm. but Kimball kind of probes her a little more. And what he eventually gets her to admit to is that the ex-husband's a walking nightmare, and like a lot of women in those days, they just kind of had to move around a lot to prevent him from finding them. Truth is, my ex-husband is a walking nightmare. He didn't leave us, we left him. Found out where we were, and he tried to kidnap Dominic. He doesn't know where we are now, and I'd like to keep it that way. I choked up for a little bit there because that's a that's real. That is real. That happens to children 
every day in this country, even today. They have to leave their abusive homes with one parent in the middle of the night, never to see anything they've owned up until that point again. That's the definition of a lack of stability. Yikes. But she makes him promise not to tell anybody at the school what's going on. The next day at school, the kids are rehearsing the Gettysburg Address. It's my favorite part of the movie. Like, they're so adorable, and they do such a good job. They've got little paper stovepipe hats. Yes. And little, like, dryer-lint beards. Thank you very much. They're practicing it for uh, the school fair. Mm -hmm. O'Hara arrives to report back to John with intel about Joyce. Despite the fact that all signs point to Joyce not being the right mom, Kimball's, like, convinced she's the right one. Even though she doesn't live like she ran away with $3 million in drug money. Yeah. (laughs) But he's convinced it's her. I know it's her. You know what I think? I think you want it to be her. You really like her, and it's scaring you to death. Phoebe, (laughs) you do not get to behave the way you've behaved the entire movie and then start taking inventories. (laughs) You just aren't. You know who does live like she just stole $3 million worth of drug money? Mm. Kathy Moriarty's character. She kind of does. Yeah, our first red herring, she just wanders into the gym with a pony and a brand new bicycle. Yeah, she's like, look what I brought. I don't know what it is about that outfit she's wearing in, in that scene, but she looks like... A member of the Cats Ensemble. A wee bit, I will say. There's a really sweet moment when he's taking the kids back to their classroom and Joyce meets them in the hall and she's thanking him for dinner. And the kids, like, won't stop giggling. I know. It's... He's like, what? I was talking to the other teacher. <laughs> it's getting way better as time goes on. Good for you. Zach's just getting to school at this point. It's, like, near the middle of the day. Yeah. And the mom's super bad excuse is that the car wouldn't start. Mm-hmm. And he puts his hand on that kid's shoulder, and the kid goes, ouch. Yeah. What's on his back, Ross? Big old bruise. Oh, yeah. Aren't you just filled with rage? It's dark. Like, it's fiction, but it's also real. Yeah. I... I'm shaking a little bit over here. The the horror that some children have to endure on a daily basis. They just white hot rage. He follows that mom outside and he's like, what the fuck is your problem? I forgot to close the door to the basement and Zach had a bad fall. The doctor says it looks much worse than it really is. Yeah, sure. You all say the same thing. The kid fell down the steps. Don't you have anything better to say than that? It's true. Look, I don't have to justify myself to you. The dad is standing by the car and he like pushes past her and goes up to him, and this is where the loose cannon shit finally works for good. He cleans that guy's clock. It is a big moment of justice. Oh, like, I'm strictly a pacifist, but when it comes to child abusers, they're fair game. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? You must be the Mr. Kimball we hear so much about. You hit the kid, I hit you. You bastard. Of course, he's in trouble with the principal for assaulting a parent. Everybody's seeing it. Yeah. All the kids, half the staff is on the lawn like, he's in the principal's office. He's in trouble, we think. But the principal's actually here to congratulate him. I thought the use of your police whistle was outrageous, but... It's all I could think of. Please allow me to finish. I have no idea what kind of police officer you are. But you're a very good teacher. She She's kind of like the judge holler of this movie. A little bit. Yeah, like she's like, your, uh, your classroom manner may be a little unconventional, but you're a hell of a teacher. <laughs> you know, like yeah. the, the end of My Cousin Vinny. She's so funny. She's like, what did it feel like to hit that, that son, son of, of a bitch? bitch. <laughs> and he's like, felt great. It did. It felt great. We cut from this amazing scene to a dead body who's that dead body carrying it's the witness mama crisp gave her a hot shot (sighs) she's overdosed i am so mad why because it happens all the time witnesses disappearing dying or refusing to testify yeah and then bad guys go free yeah and that's exactly what happens they don't have a witness for trial so they have to let crisp out on bond Chris gets out of jail, and he and his mom are on, like, the first plane to Astoria. Fucking A. They are really working the Cruella DeVille angle hard yeah, here. Yeah, they're, they're not settling down with it, and I can tell you that much. Her indifference to life in general, like, just really bothers me. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm honestly shocked that she has as much care as she does 
for her own grandson. She just seems very... I honest to God can't tell if Crisp actually has interest in this kid or if he's just mommy's little errand boy. Yeah, like you're not really sure. Not at this point. Mm -mm. It'll become clear later. At the fair, the kids are delivering the Gettysburg Address. So great. He's so cute. But all fun's about to stop because O'Hara's here to tell Kimball that the witness is dead mm-hmm. and the clock has run out. They need to put pressure on Joyce. Yeah. She's got to come clean about Crisp and tell them where the money's at or she and Dominic are not going to get any protection. What is this? Your police officers. We know who you are. Rachel. This is some kind of joke, right? No, this is no joke. You took $3 million. No, I think you got Listen, Chris knows where you are. He could be here any minute. <laughs> and just you can just tell that she's so upset. She really trusted him. And yeah. now she finds out he's not who he says he is. Yeah. Or his fake sister, for that matter. Yeah. Her real name is Rachel, and she claims that there was never any drug money. And John's confused by that. He's like, wait, if there was never any money, then what is this about? And she's like, he doesn't want me. He wants Dominic. Joyce slash Rachel is freaked out. She goes and she yanks Dominic off the horse. Bye, Jachel. She going? Jachel. (laughs) Royce sounds stupid, so. Like, this kid's life is about to change dramatically again. You could at least let him finish his pony ride. Right? She takes off in the SUV, and I just love how O'Hara's like, she's going to run again. Yeah. Unless we do something about it. Hey, snap out of it. Look who's telling who to be useful. I know. (laughs) Take a seat, Phoebe. (laughs) Okay? I love you. John goes to Joyce's house that night and the place is ransacked. Yeah. Dominic's run away and Joyce can't find him. Yeah, that's never good. But what's he doing? He's doing a completely fine thing. He's just halfway up the comm tower (laughs) trying to put tinfoil at the top. I was going to say, you say fine, I say incredibly dangerous and anxiety inducing. What are you talking about? Just a normal everyday kid thing. Yeah, he's up on that ladder. He's probably like 100 feet in the air. He slips and drops and the backpack catches on like a piece of metal. Backpack, 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 backpack. Yeah. Thank God for backpacks. <laughs> I screamed. Like, even though I know that this kid's fine in the end, I screamed like I'd been shot. <laughs> even though I knew nothing happened to this kid. You I knew what was going to happen, but I'd, it still hit you. Yeah, I clapped my hand over my mouth. Kimball goes up there and gets him. It's fine. They put him to bed. Thanks for saving my son. I'm still leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel's packing her things to run. Yeah. I wish it was a kindergarten teacher, but I'm not. I'm a cop. That's all I know how to be. I have to get out of here. You have a son. If you were me, you'd do the same thing. And he's just like, I'll protect you. Come with me if you want to live. (laughs) I hate you! (laughs) God! I'm glad that they keep reminding us that Kimball has a kid. Yeah. Because you really forget about it. And I think that's kind of by design. Like, yeah, he's trying to be the father to everyone that he couldn't be to his son. Being a father is about being there for your kid. You gotta show up. You gotta show up. And But they kiss and make up. They're gonna protect her. Nothing bad's gonna happen. They gotta wait for Crisp to come get them so they can arrest him. <laughs> and that's why the next day at school... <laughs> John brings Phoebe in for a little show and tell. Guys, haven't you ever had the day in class where the adult, the other adult that's not your teacher comes to class to talk to you about stranger danger? Mm Mm-hmm. I honestly do remember getting kindergarten seminar. Like, kids, if you're at home, I remember if you're at home alone and somebody comes and knocks on your door. You don't open the door. You don't open the door. And you don't get in cars with anybody who's not mommy or daddy. Mm Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we kind of have, like, the password thing where, like, you teach a kid a password, and then if the adult doesn't have the password, then you run like hell. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We never talk Talk to strangers. strangers. I love that one little girl who has a very important question. What about dogs? Huh? Can we talk to dogs? Yeah, you can talk to dogs. That's okay. But what you can't do... What you must never, ever, 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 ever do is... Never talk to strangers! While this adorable little lecture is happening, we get this long pan 
<laughs> like from left to right. Yeah. And it's in the principal's office and Crisp is meeting with the tiny principal. He's posing as a parent who's checking out the local school. Yeah, Shlowski's eating it up too. It's interesting. He's telling her... You know, my kid's real smart. He reads and writes at six years old, and he's a great athlete. He doesn't know any of these things. Yeah, he doesn't know anything about that kid. So it's like he's projecting his fantasy of what this child is going to be. Yeah, and he doesn't even know, has no idea about him. But of course, he would blame Joyce for that. Of course. But he is a drug kingpin. Like, how about you don't be garbage? Yeah. He reports back to mommy outside in the Buick. She's like... Put that cigar out. It's bad for the kid. And then immediately hands him a gun. (laughs) This whole sequence honestly frightened me as a child. That's the thing about this movie. I will say more on this later, but like bad things can happen to kids in the safest of spaces. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much for that. Yeah. No, like, and I remember not going through an instance as extreme as what's about to be portrayed, but I've had some bad things happen while I was at school before and we had to be ready. I also think it's very interesting the way this film is shot in places. The shots are very low, like around the adult's thighs and knees, Mm -hmm. like from a child's perspective. Yeah, like everything looks bigger. Crisp goes back in the building and starts a fire in the library. Listen, He is a murderer and a drug pusher, but by far the worst crime he's committed so far is using this child's drawing as kindling to start a fire. And not just In a library! Yeah, not just any fire. A conflagration of a library. Yeah, he destroyed that child's art project! Fuck him! And things, you know, just start kind of ramping up. That smoke starts coming up. That alarm starts going off. We got to get everybody out of the building. We've been training for this all year. For You mean for the last four days? <laughs> yeah, I know. Because again, it's been less than a week. What a wild week in this school's history. Yeah. John starts getting the kids out of the building. Dominic grabs the ferret because that's like his job. Mm-hmm. Got to get the ferret. Puts him inside his sweater. Uh-huh. You know, it's cute. The sweater Dominic is wearing in this last scene looks a lot like the sweater Kimball's wearing from the montage scene. It's like the same sweater. It's not an accident. You're sending me right now. Yeah. I cannot. It is kind of, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is my favorite part. John's trying to keep an eye on Dominic, and this other little girl like falls and hurts herself, and while he's helping her, he loses track of Dominic, and... Crisp swoops in and snatches Dominic up and he's screaming, let me go, let me go. And everybody literally points at him. Stranger, I don't know who he is. They're like, snitching. They are, but they're doing what they've been trained to do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This- They're doing what they've been trained to do in a crisis. Wouldn't Training Day have been a very different movie? With kindergartners? Yes. I don't know. Six of one, half dozen of the other. (laughs) On the lawn, Joyce is looking for Dominic. Joyce is like, where the fuck is my son? And she runs back into a burning building. And yeah, she does. In a utility closet, Crisp is trying to explain to Dominic that he's his father. I don't like that. I don't like that scene at all. Oh no, it makes me so uncomfortable. This 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 man that you've never seen before in your life. Who is clearly unraveling. Yeah. Sweaty, panicked, weird looking ass motherfucker. I'm sorry, I'm getting jumpy just thinking about it. I love how he thought he could kidnap this kid and the kid would automatically warm to him. Yeah. Like no big deal. Don't you recognize me? It's me. Don't you remember Twinkle Twinkle Little Star? See? We have the same kind of hands. Don't you remember? I'm not my father. My father lives in France. Oh, your mother told you that. But that's not true, Dominic. I'm your father. He's scaring the shit out of this kid. Yeah. And I hate him for it. Side note, John catches a pair of kids making out in a room. That's so funny. (laughs) Don't you know the building is on fire? Who thought it was another drill? Yeah. Well, get out! <laughs> Just the, ah! Oh. That, like, those two, those two good actors were definitely not into it. Like, they just, like, they just, like, oh! Like, there was no expression <laughs> on their face. They just went, oh! Like, real fast. He's just, I, just the look in Kimball's face. Damn it! 
Don't you know the building is on fire? <laughs> we thought it was another drill. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Get out of here. O'Hara's trying to find a way back into the building to help her partner. She tried to go in through the front, but that... Fireman just was, was a, not having it. He called her sweetheart. She pulled that badge right out. She's like, look, dude, I'm a cop. <laughs> and he just dismisses it. He's, He's like, just, yeah, if I ever need a ticket fixed, I'll call you, sweetheart. I'm like, where is he from? <laughs> so she got to go in another way. Yeah, she's going around the side. And what happens, Ross? Mama Crisp runs her over in very Cruella DeVille-like fashion. Just mows her down with the Buick. She does not give a fuck. Inside the school, Joyce is confronting Crisp in the locker room. They're arguing, going back and forth, and he cold cocks her. Oh, I just... Ooh. How traumatizing for this child. Yeah, like... This man you've never met and who your mom obviously does not like mm -hmm. is being assaulted by him in front of you. John's arriving in, like, the nick of time. Yeah. Crisp is trying to get Dominic to call him daddy. It's so gross. It's so weird. Yeah. He's, and he's got his back to the door where John is, like, slowly inching in. And I love it. It's, it's synced up so well because Dominic finally goes, Daddy. And it happens right as John is moving into frame. Like, John's his daddy. Yeah. It makes my heart go boom, boom, boom. There's a standoff with Dominic in the way. Yeah. And John's finally being a good cop for once. Because remember, in the beginning, he was all like, shh, shh, this is an arrest. Like, just blew the lid off of everything. And now he's trying to de-escalate the situation. Because there's a kid in the way. Yeah. Daddy. Get off! Hold it! What are you doing? Right there. Drop it! Hurry! Don't! Don't! He's not your hostage. <laughs> he's your son. Drop it! On the floor! You gonna do this to your own son? Huh? Drop it! I'm losing it! Hurry! Relax, okay. I'm putting it down. Hurry! And Deus Ex Ferret. Oh my god. See, I love that it's the ferret! <laughs> That's the thing. At least the ferret was incorporated into the rest of the story. For a good reason. He yeah. ends up being the literal hero. First of all, I don't know how Crisp didn't notice that, like, the front of Dominic's sweater was, like, squirming. Mm -hmm. Crisp is pointing his gun at Kimball, and then that ferret jumps out of his sweater and, like, bites him. Makes him shoot it off. And he misses and hits John in the knee. Yeah. Ouch. Johnny boy. I've never been shot, but I hear the knee is one of the most painful places to be shot. I think that's what they say. So Crisp falls down and then John just pumps him full of lead. Those are some of the worst squibs I've ever seen in my life. Do you need me to explain what a squib is? I'm sorry. My understanding of a squib is someone who was born... With magical parents, but they themselves are not magic. I knew we were going to have this conversation. What the fuck is a real squib? A squib is a movie effect that they're like little packets. You can do them remote. I think you can set them off remotely. Blood? They just explode. So it looks like you've been shot. But they're like, on crisp, they're like bright red. Yeah. They don't all it's, look like blood. Right. <laughs> it's not believable. It looks like someone threw red paint on him. Yeah. Like, he's dead as Kennedy, but the danger's not over yet. Because who's here? Mama Crisp. This woman, I'm telling... I don't know who this actress is. I couldn't name you another movie that she's ever been in. She is terrifying. Yeah. She knows exactly what she's doing. She gets John's gun and, like, ejects the clip so he can't use it anymore. Where's my grandson? Go to hell. Where you're going, you son of a bitch! But da 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 da! O'Hara's here with a Louisville slugger! What does she say? You're not so tough without your car, are ya? I love that! I know. That might be my favorite line. <laughs> That's it. Crisp is dead. Mama Crisp has been taken into custody. It looks like some semblance of justice might finally be served. But. Oh, this is... I'm going to get choked up. Aww. Because they're rolling John out, and the kids... Oh, no. The kids are walking next to the gurney. Mr. Campbell, are you all right? I think it should have been Zach that said that. Yeah. Not that little red-headed kid. Because, mm. like, John's his actual hero. Yeah. He, pun he, he, he knocked the shit out of his abusive father, mm. and... It, I bet you that dad hasn't touched him since. Probably not. But they load John into the back of the ambulance and like, oh, it's 
so sad. The kids are running after him down the road. It is. It does call for ugly crying. I'm going to upset myself. No. (laughs) (laughs) No no tears. We're almost there. God damn it. So a little while after this nonsense has calmed down, John returns to the school and he's got a big ass bandage on his leg. Schlowski greets him. (laughs) And he's got a cane, too. Yeah. He's coming back to teach. Uh Uh-huh. And I love it. They open the classroom door very quietly, and all the kids are occupied. And this is my favorite. Schlowski puts that whistle in his hand and says, They're all yours. Hi, kids. Mr. Campbell! I'm back. The kids go apeshit. They light up. Oh, it's so awesome. Like, all these kids are, like, pulling on him. I'm like, watch the knee. Yeah. God, the man's been shot. Joyce is back into Kimball. <laughs> like, he saved her and her kid. Yeah. Like, I, that's so hot. <laughs> like, you saved me and my child from certain death. That's fucking sexy. <laughs> Like, I have mixed feelings about Schwarzenegger in general because I usually don't like his movies and he's a Republican. And he could, like, break you. Yeah, he could also beat the shit out of me. But I love this movie. And I love how even with a bum knee, he can pick her up and spin her. I know. What are you doing, Kimball? <laughs> so the implication here is, is that John's going to remain in Astoria and teach kindergarten. And... I wonder if Phoebe's going to sit around and do nothing some more. You're really bitter about that. I'm sorry. The more that we're going along, I'm realizing, Phoebe, you're my favorite character, but you honestly have not been helpful. She was running down information. Like, she was doing she was doing the fancy footwork there. Yeah, she comes in and she's like, hey, I got the next plot point for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that is kind of her function <laughs> yeah. throughout the whole movie. So that's it. Yeah. It's 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 such a feel-good movie. It's, it's it's sweet, but also intense. Yeah. <laughs> they made a garbage sequel to this in like 2016. No, they did. Yes, they did. And I looked at the cast list. I don't recognize a single name on that you list. You don't need to. No, it's bad. It was like a direct-to-DVD release. Mm, that bad, huh? It actually kind of got me thinking. If they remade this movie today, who do you think would play Kimball, O'Hara, and Joyce. Oh, today, well, The Rock. That's what I was going to say! The Rock would definitely be Kimball. I'd love to see Tina Fey rock out O'Hara. Yeah! That'd be nice. That would be awesome. I think Kate McKinnon would be Phoebe. That's a good, that's better. Yeah. That's a better one. Sorry, I'm thinking about who would play Joyce. Hmm. Maybe J-Law. Hey. Yeah! <laughs> Why not? So what does this movie mean to you, Ross. I mean, like I said earlier, knowing it as a kid, you know, it's just a really good demonstration of how the safest places can sometimes not be safe. Yeah. Our generation is the first generation that has had to do intruder drills. And I remember thinking about that so much and I was like, they weren't even prepared for that. Even at that age, just let reinforced in myself at that young age that, you know, there are bad people out there and everything may seem very cool, calm, and contained to you because you're lucky, but some people are... Child abusers, sex offenders, active shooters. Yeah. It breaks my fucking heart. This is a school. This is where kids are supposed to learn and feel safe. I know. And that's not the world we live in anymore. Well, what is it? What does this movie put into your head? I think the most important message of this movie is fatherhood is not a right. We see that as a theme throughout the movie. Kimball has a kid he doesn't see, and he's not good with kids because of it. And Chris basically doesn't know who Dominic is because he's a criminal and he's dangerous. Yeah. But he still feels, both he and his mom still feel entitled to him just because they're blood. And they've given him nothing. They've given him... Exactly right. They've given him nothing and they've not been there for him. Granted, that was mostly due to Joyce, but that was Joyce reacting to their really terrible choices. Yeah. They're choosing a life of drugs and organized crime, and that's not a good environment for a kid. Yeah. And he feels like he can just swoop back in here and be a father to this child and... 
it's John who's put in the work. You earn fatherhood. It's not something that's your God-given right. Yeah. My head. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. It's your turn to pick the next movie, brother. I hate to say it, but we might just be taking a wee bit of a hiatus so that Rossi boy can get his life moved from BFE into the big apple. Yeah, Ross is moving out of our parents' house this weekend. And into the thriving metropolis of Indianapolis, Indiana. Nap town. It's going to be nice to have you in town. Well... I think I think I'll enjoy. Uh, so we'll be taking next week off so that Ross can get his life in order. And so next time we see you, we're going to come back with, well, you know, September. It's fashion season. Mm-hmm. And you, some of you might hate me for this and some of you might love me for it, but... I know exactly where you're going with this. I can't not do it. The Devil Wears Prada. Meryl. I have to bring out my girl Meryl. Oh my god. And Emily Blunt? Mm-hmm. There are greater Meryl Streep roles, but... Oh, um, I don't know, man. This one's really Mar- up there. I mean, this isn't an, really an Oscar movie, but if it was, Meryl should have won. Why is no one ready? Is no one re- that is Carrie Ann at me tonight. Big mood, guys. <laughs> I promise I'm going to start doing my homework. Carrie Ann, I love you. You're the best boss. Thank you. Yeah. I love you too, partner. <laughs> Remember, guys, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. and go follow us on our new Twitter account. Follow us at Kick and Stream on Twitter. More quality content coming to you from Kick and Streaming. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross, and we are over and out. Got the news, got the news, got the news.